This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I believe there's a mastermind 
planning each robbery in advance. The fact that each robbery has been so perfectly planned and executed? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, someone out in front, Miss Hall. I'll see who it is. Good morning, Dr. Glass. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Darwin. Beautiful day, isn't it? <laughs> yes, lovely. Yeah, the trees are so green and the flowers in the park so bright and colorful. Well, I haven't been out in the park so far this spring. You should go, Doctor. It would do you good to get out in the sun. This apothecary shop is rather dark, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is, rather. But I spend a lot of time in my laboratory. Ah, yes. You're a very capable chemist, I've heard have developed some rather interesting and effective formulas. Well, I'm constantly experimenting. Yes, and so am I. You work with chemicals. I work with men. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Jarvis, uh, how is the mission you founded working out? Splendidly. The Reverend Morehouse is doing a remarkable job of rehabilitating the derelicts who wander in. I understand you get jobs for them. Help them to get on their feet if they show any aptitude at all. Yes, yes, I have helped some of them. That's what we're here for, to help one another. Well, I just dropped in for a bag of gumdrops. Always like to have some gumdrops in my pocket. The children, you know. (laughs) Yes, yes. Youngsters are fond of them, aren't they? Uh, How many? Oh, uh, about ten cents worth, I'd say. A few at a time. They stay fresher that way. Yes, yes, indeed. Here you are. For thank you. And here's your money. I'm sorry. I've taken up so much of your time. Uh, goodbye, Doctor. Uh, good day, Mr. Jarvis. That was Jarvis, the philanthropist, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, that's right. Funny old codger. Yes, but he's doing a wonderful job with the unfortunate he attracts to his east side mission. He even goes out to the penitentiary and meets criminals when they are released. He finds jobs for them. Hmm. Must have money and influence. Mm-hmm. He apparently has. Well, got to get going. Mike Nanigan's probably waiting for me at headquarters. Uh, what are you going to do about these robberies, Danny? I'm going to ask the commissioner for a special assignment to run down these payroll bandits. So long, Doc. Uh, goodbye, Danny. And good luck. Good luck. Make sure nobody's listening. That door. All clear here, Slick. Okay. Now listen closely, all of you, so I won't have to repeat the instructions. The armored truck bringing the payroll of the Apex Department Store is due at 12 noon sharp. Benny there will be one of the guards in it. You better beat it now, Benny. You go on duty at 9. Okay, boy. And remember, when you shoot, shoot into the side of the building. I don't want any of our boys hurt. Sure thing, boy. Anything to lay here, call me. I'll be taking Apex employees out to lunch right next to the loading ramp. All right, boy. Luigi. Excuse me, boy. You'll have your flower wagon at the curb near the Apex loading ramp. That's the right, boy. And be sure your Tommy gun is well hidden under the flower box. Yes, boy. You know what to do when the time comes. Sure, sir, boy. Dead the man to make it a poor witness. Right. Go. Yes. You and Eddie will have the car with the motor running. Across the street, headed toward the river. Right. Okay. You and Blackie will be on the loading platform. As soon as the bags are dropped there, pick them up and make a dash for the car. Yeah, okay. Oh, sailor. Yep. You'll be ready with a speedboat to put a canal straight. Aye, aye, sir. Well, that takes care of everybody but you, Rankin. Now, let's see. 
The liquor store where you work is around the block from the Apex department store. Yeah, that's right. Well, here's what you do. At ten minutes of twelve, you'll be fussing around with some bottles in the show window. And at five minutes of twelve, make sure that one of the bottles slips and smashes the window. That'll set off the burglar alarm and attract the cops on the beat to that particular spot. Got it? Right. That'll leave the coast clear for us. Everything clear to you, boys? Yeah. All right. Now, set your watches and get going. And remember, if anybody slips up, it's going to be just too bad for that guy. It's $100,000 in the Apex payroll, and DJ wants that dough. Do you see that armored truck ahead of us, Danny? Yes, Mike. Well, I'd like to own the money they're carrying. Maybe the truck's empty. No, no, they're carrying the Apex payroll. Oh, how do you know? Yeah, because Apex pays off today. And perhaps we ought to follow it, just in case. Yeah, that'd be a feather in our cap if we could capture the payroll bandits right in the act. Yes, but I wouldn't get the man higher up. A mastermind of the racket. Well, I don't believe there's any mastermind. I do. These robberies are too well planned. Well, just the same. I'd like to be in on the job when the law catches up with them. The truck's pulling into the Apex loading platform. Why don't you pull in here, Mike? I want to go in that cigar store and phone Charlie's foreman to come for some information. Okay, you go phone. I'll cruise around the block and pick you up. Now, what time is it, Mike? It's uh, five minutes to twelve. I can probably catch him before he goes to lunch. Okay, Danny. I'll be around in five minutes. Let me tell you, Storm. Hello, Charlie. Now, this is Dan. Dan Garrett. Yeah. Say, uh, what do you know about a philanthropist by the name of... Never mind, Charlie. I'll call you later. Goodbye. Hey, what's happened? Well, it looks like another payroll robbery. Apex department store. I wonder where Manigan is. Look, officer, that car. There's something now. Yeah, that man clinging to running for with the black bag. He's one of the bandits. I'll take a shot at them. Careful, old chief. Look at that. Hey, pick the hand right off the running for it. Look, he's lying in the street there. Come on, let's go. Stand back, everybody. Give me a room. Hmm. Got him through the lung. Get some water, somebody. Is there a doctor here? Yes. I'm the doctor. Got a stimulant there? Yes. Here it is. Get him some. It may revive him. My girl. She's alone now. Come on. Take it easy. I'm through. I tried to go straight. But B.J. Who's B.J.? B.J. Benjamin. Well, he's gone, officer. This man is dead. Who is B.J.? 
What is the last name of the arch criminal who rules this gang of underworld characters and whose first name is Benjamin? Can Dan Garrett pick up the trail and as the Blue Beetle sweeps down upon these murderous bandits and bring them to justice? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. Geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. part of the story entitled, Rounding Up the Payroll Bandit. Those of you who heard the first part of the story on a previous broadcast will remember that patrolman Dan Garrett, who is secretly the Blue Beetle, was talking to Charlie Storm of the York City Sun on the telephone when his conversation was interrupted by some shots outside the cigar store from which he had been phoning. Rushing out of the store, he shot one of the payroll bandits. The bandit's dying words were, I'm through. I tried to go straight, but D.J., and that was all, except his final gasp, D.J. is Benjamin, and then he expired. As our story opens today, Dan Garrett is in the little apothecary shop of his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz, discussing the case with him. 
What makes you so suspicious of Mr. Jarvis, the philanthropist, Danny? His first name is Benjamin, isn't it? Yes, yes. That may only be a coincidence. After all, he's a respected man in the community. He established these five missions for down and others. I know. But I've got a hunch he doesn't do it from philanthropic motives. And his voice is too oily, too pleasant. Well, you're probably more sensitive to such things than I am. Perhaps. Whoever planned that robbery certainly planned well. You were the only policeman on the job, weren't you? Yes, and I'd have been with Manigan if I hadn't dropped in to phone Charlie Storm. Now, how much did the robbers get away with? About $50,000. Mm, it was about that same amount in the bag you saved by shooting one of the robbers. Yes. Uh, someone in the store, I'll see you. Right. It's the Pullman Van Garrett, yes. Yes, I, I'm Van Garrett. He's not my father, didn't he? Your father? He was I... one of the payroll bandits. Oh, I, I see. You're Blackie Blackburn's daughter. Yes, and you killed him. But it was, was in line of duty. Your, your father yes, was... Yes, I know. But I'm all alone now. You've got to protect me. I'm so scared. They'll do something to me. Who'll do something to you? The gang my father was in. Flick Thomas and B.J. B.J.? Who is B.J.? Well, I, I'm not sure, but... But I believe he... Oh. Oh, come on. Explain it, darling. Yes, yes, yes. Just a minute. I, I, I'll get something. And... Oh, here. Here, here. Now let me hold this ammonia salt under her nose. There. What happened? Where am I? Oh, you're all right. All right. You just fainted. That's all. Oh, yes. I, I guess it was the excitement and the fear of his men. They got my father into trouble. He was trying to go straight, but they wouldn't let him. Suppose you try to keep calm and tell me all about it. You're safe here. Well, when my father got out of the penitentiary, I went up to meet him. But there was someone else there with a car. A man's father called B.J. Did you meet B.J.? No, but I saw him. What did this B.J. look like? Oh, he was about 60, I'd say. Rather portly, iron gray hair. Mark. That sounds very much like your philanthropist friend, Benjamin Jarvis. But it proves nothing. That's true, but there's enough smoke to make me think there's a fire somewhere. Look, Miss Blackburn, uh, you run along home. Oh, I... But I have no home now that my father... Have you any folks, Miss Blackburn? Call me, Julie. Well, very well. Julie, uh, where's your mother? I don't know where my mother is. She left father years ago. You see, I, I really haven't anybody. Dr. find. Why well, couldn't I stay here and keep house for you? Well, I, uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that wouldn't work out. Uh, the proprieties and, uh... Oh, look out! Okay, look out look out look cover you too, Doc. We come for the girl. You won't get the girl, but you'll get this. Oh. You asked for it, Copper. That'll keep you quiet, Copper. Get up, get up, I'll rock you on the beam, too. Back up to the wall, Doc. I don't want to mess up your place, but we came for the girl, and we're going to... Yeah. If you think you can get away with such high-handed business as this, you're mistaken. Oh, yeah? Try and stop it. Hey, Timmy, get up. Come on, get up, get up. Let's scram with the dame. What happened? The copper spots you, and I seen you with my jet. He's out like a light. Come on. Uh, what do we do? Take the girl and scram. Let's take them all. See, jail decide what to do with them. Okay. You tie up the top while I tie up the girl. You take your hands off me or I'll see my house. Really, that girl. Says who? Uh, he's got something in his hand. Yes, that chemical's so strong that if I hit you with this ampule, it will break. And the contents will burn you to a cinder in ten seconds. Ah, he's dropping. No, he ain't. Doc Frank knows his business, I heard. Fast, gentlemen. Better drop those guns or I'll... Hey, 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 hey. Now, gentlemen, back against the wall. Yeah. While I phone to Benjamin Jarvis yeah. and tell B.J., I have two of his rescued souls here in my apothecary shop. Oh, no. Go, Doc. Hey, 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 Turn us over to the police, Doc, but don't tell B.J. He's for the sauce. Just what I wanted to find out. 
Julie. Yes, Dr. Fraser. Telephone the police department and tell them to send the patrol wagon over here for a pair of B.J. studs. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I'm ashamed of myself. Me, a policeman, letting two thugs get the better of me while... Don't well, worry, Danny boy. What's a little setback like that? You've proven your metal many times, both as Dan Garrett and as the Blue Beetle. Yes, I know, but... Oh, in front of Julie I understand, Danny, I understand. But what are you going to do about DJ? The Blue Beetle is going to do a little flying and a little bluffing. Where to? East Side Mission. We still haven't any proof that this DJ and the philanthropist Benjamin Jarvis are the same individual. I have a hunch. When Benjamin Jarvis is confronted by the Blue Beetle, he'll let something slip that can be used as evidence of what about witnesses. I'd like to borrow that portable sound recording device of yours. Oh, I have a better suggestion. What's that, Doc? Call me on your portable wireless phone just before you make your appearance, and I'll record everything here. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, the Blue Beetle's going to church. But he won't hear a sermon. He may provide a text for one. Yes, a true one. Be sure your sins will find you out. Connected up. Good. I'm all ready. I'm leaving the switch open on my portable wireless telephone. You should get everything that happens from now on. Go ahead, Danny. But be careful. Don't worry, Doc. Here I go. My son, we are honored tonight by having with us the great hearted soul who made this mission possible. A man who has fed you and clothed you. A man who has found you work when you were jobless. Picked you up when you were fallen. Helped you to regain your place in society. I'm sure you'll be glad to hear from your benefactor and friend, Benjamin Jarvis. <laughs> oh, but first, let us sing one verse of hymn 27. Rescue the perishing.
What about those other men that Jarvis placed in positions of trust throughout the city to help him in his nefarious schemes? Reverend Morehouse has their names. He'll talk with them and try to really put them on the right track again. He's confident he can make them go straight. You see, Jarvis threatened to send them back to jail if they didn't do what he wanted them to do. He refrained them. Yes. Yes, he was a bad man. But he's gone now. And his payroll racket is smashed. Yes. Thanks to you and the Blue Beetle. The moral of this story is never play the hypocrite like Ben Jarvis. For if you do, you will be found out. And thanks to the Blue Beetle, the businessmen of the city have been freed from the menace of the hypocritical B.J. and his payroll bandits. What new adventures await the Blue Beetle in his crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. behind a frame of mass and a suit of impenetrable blue stain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled Crime Incorporated. The great metropolis of York City has begun to raise its head inside again as racket after racket has been smashed. The Blue Beetle has done a notable job in bringing criminals to justice or driving them to cover. His name has become a byword in the mouths of the just as well as the unjust. But word has leaked through to the authorities that big shot racketeers from other large cities are on their way to York City. Their purpose? To form a crime syndicate. As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett is discussing the report with his friend and confidant, Dr. Fran Buchanan. What do you figure is the purpose, Danny, of this meeting of the overlords of crime? Do you think they really intend to form a crime syndicate? Perhaps. But what can that object be? Oh, greater organization, change of ideas and personnel, better and more efficient use of specialists in crime. 
It sounds just like organizing a legitimate business. Yes. Uh, can't the authorities do something about this, uh, crime syndicate? I've, uh, just been thinking. If I could somehow get into one of their meetings, I might get some evidence that helps with you. You know, I could disguise myself visit one of their known hangouts and scrape up an acquaintance with one of the big stars. Might be dangerous, Janet. Uh, dangerous, my middle name, Doc. I went to it, Danny. Hello? Yes. Oh, oh yes, he's here. Uh, just a minute. Uh, it's for you, Danny. Uh, it's Charlie Storm. It's not. What? Yes, sir. What? Wonders Cafe. Yes? Yes, that's, that's a great idea. Sure, I'll meet you there about ten tonight. Fine. Yeah, I'll be there. Goodbye. Good news, Danny. Charlie wants me to meet him in Rondo's Cafe about ten tonight. Made up with a slick racketeer. Oh, what's your plan? I'll tell you later, Doc. I'm going over to my place and change my clothes. So long. Somebody. <laughs> he thought you wanted him to wrestle somebody, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet, Rocky. 
I might have sat. Now, look, big boy. If you work for B.J., you can work for me. There's plenty of dough in it. More than wrestling. And what about my pal here? He worked for B.J., too. He got him his job in the bank, huh? Sorry, he's too little. He won't fit in with the others like you will. I need husky men. Maybe later I can use him, but this is something special. Okay. When do I start? Tomorrow night. Come upstairs with me and I'll give you your instructions and your Blue Beetle costume. We're going to give this city a very interesting masquerade party. So, that's the Blue Beetle costume you're supposed to wear in your new job. Yep. Pretty good imitation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A bad. Metal chain armor, all right. But it isn't flexible as silk. And I doubt if it's stronger than steel, like your real blue piece of armor. Oh, uh, and the midget antenna on the helmet's a fake. I wonder what the pathetic idea is. Did you, did you give him any in black type? No. He said he was going to give the city a real masquerade party. Told me to report at this address and ask for Slick. Well, who's Slick? I don't know yet. But I believe he's Capetto's agent. What about this big meeting of the crime lord? It's supposed to mean the incorporation of a nationwide crime syndicate. Well, that's tonight. I'm supposed to meet the kingpins at that time to pass inspection. I've met two of them already. Well, which costume are you going to wear? The real blue beetle costume, of course. Well, I'll have all your equipment ready for you. Uh, what's that about the blue beetle? Wait a minute, I'll get a pair. Yeah, mister. Looks like the blue beetle's a real crook after all, huh? Yes, sir. Hmm, according to this headline, you're right. Here you are, son. Thanks, mister. Thanks for answering all about it. Uh, what is it, Daddy? According to this newspaper, I just robbed the First National Bank. But that's impossible. It says here that the First National Bank was robbed shortly after closing this afternoon. A gang of masked men with sawed-off shotguns. Led by the Blue Beetle, overpowered the guards and escaped with over $100,000 in cash and negotiable bonds. It was believed the robbery was engineered from inside. Somebody's trying to discredit you, Danny. Yes. Yeah. Someone out front of me, the party, Danny. I'll see you. Oh, hello, Doc. Oh, hello. Uh, hello, Danny. Uh, hey, have you heard the latest, too? About the Blue Beetle? Yeah, he's kidnapped the police commissioner's daughter. What? Yeah, about an hour ago. Every man on the force has been on and out on patrol duty. Hey. Uh, what's that? Huh? Oh, well, that's a uh, Blue Beetle costume, Manigan. Don't tell me, Danny, that... You're the blue beetle. Uh, Danny's playing the game with you, Manigan. He's entirely fighting for Pedro, the master race. He's a blue beetle. Uh, that's the problem. He's supposed to wear. Oh, boy. Oh, you had me... You had me half taken his breath for a minute. It'd be it, it, like arresting your brother, Danny, if I had to take you in as the blue beetle. Don't worry, Manigan. I don't think you'll ever take me as the real blue beetle. Uh, I'll take it. Hello? Oh? Oh, yes, yes, he's here. Just a minute. Danny, it's for you. Thanks, sir. Hello? Oh, hello, Tom. What's that? Tom, the mayor's office. Say, what is this? Yeah? Oh, he is. Yeah, but I'll have to take that chance. Yeah, thanks for warning me, Charlie. Goodbye. 
What's the joke, Danny? Tommy Storm says a bomb was exploded in the mayor's office just after the Blue Beetle was seen leaving the courthouse in a fast car. Anybody hurt? Fortunately, the office was empty. But say, how, how many Blue Beetles are there? Too many. Well, what are you going to do, Danny? Eliminate some of them. Yeah, but, Danny, how will I tell the difference between you and the real Blue Beetle if I run into any of them? I don't want to shoot. Shoot to kill at any of them. Unless they call you Mike. What a situation for the real blue beetle to face. Three crooked blue beetles already, and probably more to come. Will the real blue beetle be unmasked and his identity disclosed to everybody? Can he hope to overcome the machinations of the overlords of the underworld? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. behind the spring of mass and the suit of lieutenant of his blue-stained armor. Flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is the second part of a story entitled Crime Incorporated. In the first part of this story, crime overlords of various cities have gathered in York City to organize crime on a nationwide basis. Patrolman Dan Garrett, through a clever disguise, has convinced Frankie Capetto, the ringleader of the gang, that he would be an asset to the crime ring. Hired by Capetto, he has been given a Blue Beetle costume and ordered to report to a man named Slick. Meanwhile, underworld characters masquerading in Blue Beetle costumes have committed several crimes throughout the city. The First National Bank has been robbed. Commissioner Donnelly's daughter has been kidnapped. And the mayor's office has been bombed. As our story opens, a meeting of Crime Incorporated is in session. Well, boys, the first part of our plan is underway. The city officials are scared. Our next move is to terrorize the citizens themselves. How? The guy I hired last night, Strangler Van Norden, he calls himself, says he's a ripper. He says he must have been one. Yeah, but he ain't calling me. He's got brains. What are you going to use it for? Hold up. Can he shoot? I don't know, and I don't care. He won't use a gun. But how do you expect He'll just come up in back of a guy in the dark, give him the old hugger-mugger with his arm around his neck. Rob him and let him drop. That's well. No noise or nothing. That's right. 
Want to take a starter, the citizens will demand the crime cleanup. Well, what about the real blue beetle? Well, I figure he'll fall into our net as soon as he hears about all these fake blue beetles. Once we get him out of the way, we're all set. We'll organize this town, then move on to other big cities. Now, each of you specialists will head your own racket, but the tape will be pulled. Every so often, the syndicate will declare a dividend. That's a swell idea. Great. I hope it works. Yes, all the blue beetles are here. What about Strangler Van Norden? In the outer office. All the others and send in Van Norden. Okay. Well, look and thank him. Yeah? No one but the name of Van Norden never works for Pete Getty. You sure? Positive. Okay, send in the Strangler and we'll unmask him. What's the lowdown? This wrestler is a fake. You mean he's a dick? I don't know. But we'll soon find out. Here's the Strangler. Oh, come in, Van Norden. You've met some of these gentlemen before? Yes, I have. Hey, you look swell in your blue beetle costume. Thanks. It's a very good fit, too. Now, by the way, uh, just what sort of work did you do for the late B.J.? Well, I... Uh, well, I, uh, never mind. I won't pry into your past. I'll let somebody else do that. Come in and bring the other blue beetles with you. Okay. Mr. Strangler Van Norton, I want you to meet B.J.'s former chief of staff, Rick Thomas. He says you never worked for B.J., Oh, come in, boys. That's Rick. Strip the mask from the Strangler's face. Okay. Grab him, boys. Oh, you don't. There's one going to be the last. Two blue beetles left. And now for... Look out when I slung him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not here. Quick. Unmask him. There. Well, I'll be... You know him? Sure. Who is he? The copper. Dan Garrett. Dan Garrett. The copper. Hey, what do you think, Colonel? Let me slug him. Now... Put up your gun. You don't want any shooting around here. What do I do with a Frankie? Examine his costume. Looks like one of ours. How about the midget antenna and his helmet? Just a face. Ain't connected with anything. Search him. You find anything? Nothing. No magic ray or flashlight or master key? Nothing, Frankie. Then he isn't a real blue beetle. Just a dumb copper. No, not so dumb. What do I do with him? Throw some water on him. We'll take him out to Hangman's Island where we've got the girl. Hey, it's a cop. Hey, how do we get out of here? Let's blast our way out. Hey, quick. This way, everybody. Through this panel. There's a secret stairway to the roof. Come on, hey. Here we go. The first kid's off with a cover on the floor there. Yeah. His next costume will be a white robe and a harp. <laughs> That won't stop the real blue beetle. It's only a flesh wound. But you're going as the real blue beetle this time, I hope. You bet. And I'd like to take along that electric ray pistol if it's ready. It's already, Danny. Have fun, Doc. As soon as I get into my blue beetle costume, I'm off to Hangman's Island. Tonight, the blue beetle will sting as well as nip.
Miss Donnelly, you refuse to sign this ransom note to your father. I certainly do. And I'm afraid he'll never see you again. You can't frighten me. You'd never dare harm me. My father You've would... been reading the wrong kind of literature, Miss Donnelly. What do you mean? You've been reading old-fashioned romances where the brave and the true survive and the wicked perish. My father will have every policeman on the force out searching for me. But you'll never be found alive. You let me out of here. Let me out of here. I'll scratch your eyes out. Easy, easy, or I'll have you tied up again. (laughs) You'll be sorry for this. Now, why don't you sign this note, huh? Your father can raise $50,000, and as soon as we have the money, you'll be free. I'll never sign it. Never. And I'm afraid you'll die of starvation in this cell. Unless your father's men get too close on our heels. In which case, I'll set fire to the powder magazine in the room next to yours and blow this whole place to kingdom come. What's that noise? A blue beetle. And he's going to live. Beat it, beat it, blue beetle. Don't try to hijack me. I'll wipe you out and throw your body in the river. Not this, blue beetle. Quick, go, run. And call your fake blue beetles. I'll take them all on. Come on, white people. Look at the blue beetles. He's going haywire. He's holding up the pedal. I'm more down. Hand back, all of you. Or I'll shoot some of you blue beetles there. You're wearing chain armor. Look it. Go back. Come on. Get him, Will. Now, I'll shoot, Rocky, and it won't be blank. Now, stand back, all of you. Pedro, give me the key to Miss Donnelly's cell. Try and get it. Here, here, take the key. Take the key. Take all of them. Now, all of you, get over against the wall. Are you all right, Miss Donnelly? Just about. Thank heavens you came you did. That thing that was going to blow me up. Blow you up? You see the powder magazine is in that room next to this cell here. Hmm. That's an idea. Here. Take the keys and see if one of them will open that door. All right. It's unlocked. Slip the bolt. Now, open the door. And what are you going to do? Blow up this hideout. Quiet, quiet. I'll blast you again with my gun. Here. I'll crack open this keg of gunpowder. There we are. Now, Miss Donnelly, go up those stairs there as fast as you can. But what about you, Blue Beetle? I'll follow you leaving a trail of gunpowder as I go. If any of these crooks move, I'll set fire to the trail and blow them all off the map. Here we go. Hey, Frankie, Frankie, the money. It's up there. One more shot, can't do no harm. Hey, look out. The blue beetles got fire to the gunpowder trail. Come on. Let's get out of here. Well, Danny, this blue beetle suddenly wiped out one rat nest. Yes, and a lot of fake blue beetles with it. I meant to give them an even chance with the law when we got outside. And when I gave Rocky another burn with a ray gun, it ignited the powder trail. You and Miss Donnelly were lucky to escape with your lives. Yes. As soon as I got her back to the mainland, I, I sent her home in a taxi. Uh, you'd better turn in. Yes, I guess I will, Doc. <laughs> After this adventure, I'll be seeing blue beetles in my sleep. Uh...
saw the real Blue Beetle clean up a lot of fake Blue Beetles and smash the nationwide crime ring before it had a chance to incorporate. The moral of this story is that no matter what the odds, good will triumph over evil. Might is not right, but right is might. Further adventures of the Blue Beetle will be presented in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. This and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, wherever you get podcasts, or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor. Flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Fox feature, The Blue Beetle, is entitled Saved by a Hair. In all large cities, and even in smaller communities, there are unfortunates who are trying to live down a single misstep. Having served time in jail for some crime, generally a first offense, they have been paroled, released from jail with part of their sentence unserved, given a chance to try again to make useful citizens of themselves. Parolees, they are called. One misstep while on parole, and they may be returned to jail to serve out the full term of the sentence. Clever but heartless underworld characters have found the parolee a source of illicit income, and as a result... A widespread system of blackmail has sprung up. As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in reality is the Blue Beetle, is discussing the matter with his friend and confidant, Dr. Frank. 
You see, Doc, the fellow's up against it when these underworld vultures begin to hover over it. Why, how do you mean, Danny? Well, let's take a case of Jim Horton. He got mixed up with a bunch of young hoodlums in the neighborhood where he lived and got caught one night running away from the scene of a store robbery. Was he one of the robbers? He claimed not, but the court found him guilty. He got five years. Oh, yes, yes. I, I remember the case now. Well, some friends and the parish priest got up a petition and presented it to the parole board. As a result, he was paroled with four years yet to serve. And what happened? His friends got him a pretty good job. But as soon as he got to work, the underworld got busy and tried to persuade him to come in with them and make some real money. Told him he'd never succeed honestly because of his prison record. Did he go in with them? No, no, he refused. But he preferred to go straight. Ah, wise decision. Ordinarily, yes. But the gang wouldn't let him go straight. They wanted him to give them inside information about the place where he worked. They threatened to frame him and have his parole canceled so he'd be sent back to jail. But what can those gangsters hope to gain by such tactics? A recruit for their campaign of crime? Inside information about the place where the parolee works? Power over first offenders and so forth? And where is Horton now? Back in jail on a charge of robbery with a gun. Framed evidence, I'm certain. Hmm. Do you, uh, you consider the case big enough to enlist the services of the Blue Beetle? Any case that affects the welfare of the unfortunate... It's big enough to interest the Blue Beetle. And what are you going to do? I promised Mike Manigan I'd help him investigate this case. Jim Horton's father was a pal of Mike's before he died. And Mike is interested in helping Jim. I see. Well, if there's anything I can do to help Danny, you know I'll be glad to do it. Oh, thanks, Doc. Well, I'll see you later. I'm going to meet Manigan down at police headquarters. Will you be back later to change into your Blue Beetle chain armor and mask if anything develops? I've got it all here in this briefcase so I can make a quick change on the job. Well, be careful, Danny boy. I will, Doc. So long. Where are you heading for, Mike? The old Empire Warehouses on Dock Street. What's down there? And I got a mysterious phone call from Joe Riley to meet him down there. He's been working on the Helen Downey kidnapping case. Oh, yes. She's the uh, daughter of the parole commissioner, isn't she? Uh, that's right. What's he found? And he didn't say. He just told me to meet him in front of me. Hey! Hey, look at that tire coming. Say, here's where we make a pinch for Stephen. Look out, Mike. Machine gun. Wait, what the... Manigan. Somebody fell or was pushed out of that speeding car. Pull over to the curb, Mike. Yeah. And them guys were shooting at us. Did they get you, Mike? No. How about you, Danny? Not a scratch, but it was close. Uh, you hop out and take a look at the body, Danny. Will I see if I can trail that other car? Never mind that car now, Mike. I've got the license number. Go phone for an ambulance while I look at this poor fellow. Okay. I'll be back in a minute. There's a drugstore on the corner. Riley bound and Joe. Joe Riley. Can you hear me? It's Dan Garrett. Hello, oh, Dan. Hello, Joe. Dan. Tell again. They made me phone him. Who made you phone? The Mulberry Hill gang. They've got the girl. In the... hey, Joe. Joe. Where have they got the girl? Hmm. Did he say? Yes, the Mulberry Hill gang. That's the gang that hangs out in Gus Heinrich's bar and grin. What's the matter, officer? 
Oh, oh, drunk. And a cop at that. He ain't drunk. He's been shot. Shot? Say, I thought I heard some shots a while back. Here comes the ambulance, Mike. Stand back there, mister. Give him all the air he can get. Well, then he ain't yet. He's hurt badly. Somebody hurt, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a cop. Yeah, stand back. Stand back to all of him. Wait a minute. Over here with that stretcher. Easy with him, boys. He's pretty weak from loss of blood. But, Dad, I thought you said... Don't let on, Mike. He may be able to learn more if the gang thinks Wiley's still alive. Buddy. Ginger ale. And what? And nothing. Just plain ginger ale. Uh, Dan Garrett's a policeman, Ed. <laughs> policemen don't drink. Oh, yeah? Since when? Hello, Drummond. I see you're in civilian clothes, Garrett. Is this your night off? No, it's my uniform's night off. <laughs> Clever guy, Garrett. You should be on the radio. You think so? Yes. Oh, uh, say, I hear Joe Riley in your precinct got bumped off tonight. Your information must have come from the wrong source. Riley's still alive, and he's talking. Really? Hmm. Well, it's nice to have seen you. I'll be getting along. And by the way, Drummond. Yeah? How do you keep your hair so black and glossy? You know spring chicken. It's a special diet I have. Uh-huh. Spelled D-Y-E-I-T. <laughs> oh, boy, you sure are quick on the pickup. You're in the wrong business. Not for the kind of pickups I like to make. Well, if you pick up the culprits who shot Riley, recommend me as their lawyer. Anytime a crook needs a lawyer, you usually get the business, Drummond. If the price is right. Hello? Yeah, this is Hymix. Hello, Drummond. What's that? Riley ain't dead. What? Can't get it. The cop? Oh, sure, sure, I bet. I'll get some of the boys down there right away, and we'll take the girls to a new hideout. Sure, sure, right away. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. What do you want? I ain't hiring no entertainers for my cafe. Whom do you hire to do your kidnapping? What? Oh, so Joe Riley... Oh, plenty. And so did you over that phone just now. I don't know nothing. You'd better learn something mighty quick. A Blue Beetle doesn't waste time. You've got nothing on me. I am a respectable cafe owner. Come out from behind that desk, Heinrichs, before I blast you with my magic no, ray. Now, no, that's it. Get easy, Blue Beetle. I don't know nothing about you. Right here, have you hidden Commissioner Downey's daughter? I don't know nothing. Come on, speak up before I tear you apart. Who shot Riley and kidnapped Helen Downey? I don't know that. Get up or I'll give you some more of the same. I can't tell you. The big boss will kill me. Come on, get up on your feet. You're going to tell me what I want to know. What's or... matter, Gus? Say, it's the Blue Beetle. Hey, Eddie, give me that bottle. Stand where you are, or I'll... Cut him. Cut the blue beetle with this paper bait. That's good work, Gus. He's out cold. What do we do with him? Tie him up. We'll take him out to the old... Hello? Who? Yeah. What? Joe Riley was already dead when the ambulance picked him up. Then he didn't talk. Good. What? Mannequin is on this bay over here? What about... Oh, my license plate on the murder car. Say, <laughs> I fixed that. Okay. Goodbye. What's the matter, Gus? Mouthpiece just phone. I look, now, see. Mike Mannigan is on his way over here. He'll get my sedan. Drive it out to Lover's Leap and run it off the cliff into the sea. You got it? Yeah, but... Be what... sure to take off the license plate first. 
and destroy them. Also take one license plate from my roadster. Oh, what's the idea? I'll say the murderers of Joe Riley must have stolen one of my license plates and used it on their car. Hey, the copper. What about the blue beetle here? I'll take care of him. Speed it, Nosey. Out the back way. Just a minute. Just a minute. I'm coming. First, I'll open the safe and make this look like a robbery. Oh, oh, it's you, Officer Madigan. Come in. Hey, I'm what? glad you came. you, Heinrich. I want to talk to you about Joe Riley's murder. Yeah? Your license plates are on the car. Hey, who's that on the floor? That's a little present for you, Manigan, with my compliment. The Blue Beetle, what I did? What's he doing here? I caught him robbing my safe. I overpowered him. He's all yours, Manigan. A suitable reward for a brave and capable guardian of the law. What will happen to the Blue Beetle now? Will he be taken to police headquarters and unmasked? Or will he escape and pick up the trail of the murderous kidnappers? Is there some connection between the kidnapping of the parole commissioner's daughter and the parole racket? These questions will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. Something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor. Flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Fox feature, The Blue Beetle, is the second part of a story entitled... Saved by a hair. In the first part of the story, Patrolman Dan Garrett has taken on the investigation of the parole racket in an effort to save Jim Horton, the 
son of a friend of Mike Manigan from a long term in jail. The body of Officer Joe Riley, investigating the kidnapping of Parole Commissioner Downey's daughter, Helen, has been tossed out of a fleeing sedan. The license number of the murder car leads to Gus Heinrich, cafe owner. While questioning Heinrich, Dan Garrett, in his Blue Beetle disguise, is temporarily stunned by a blow on the head. Nosey, one of Heinrich's henchmen, has been sent to cover up the murder trail by running Heinrich's sedan off a cliff into the sea at Lover's Leap. As the episode ended, Heinrich was turning over to Officer Manigan the unconscious body of the Blue Beetle. As our story opens today, Manigan, still in Heinrich's office, is questioning him about the murder sedan. Now, what about this license number I have here? I'm sure I don't know anything about it. It's your number, ain't it? Yeah, it's my number. The license plate must have been stolen from my car. Well, where is your car now? In the garage, back of my office here. Well, suppose we have a look. Well, what about the Blue Beetle on the floor there? Yeah, he's still unconscious. He'll stay there till we get back. I've handcuffed him to the radiator pipe. All right, then this way. I have a passageway connecting with my private garage. Well, go ahead, I'll follow you. But no monkey business. Oh, I'm unconscious, am I? <laughs> I've just been playing possum. Now to burn these handcuffs off with my magic ray. There. Now to catch Nosey with Heinrich's other car, the murder car. Before he runs it off, lovers leap into the sea. I'll need that car for evidence. Maybe I can pick up the kidnapped trail from Nosey. That looks like the murder car ahead. Only one man in it. Must be Nosey. Yes, he's turned off on the road to Lover's Leap. I'll have to step on it. Here we go. Well, this motorcycle can certainly travel. All right, Nosey. Pull up. Just me. No motorcycle cop's going to stop me. This is no motorcycle cop. It's the Blue Beetle. And he's going to nip. Just get off this running water. Put on those brakes. Put on those brakes, quick. We'll both go over Lover's Leap together. Uh, maybe you're going, but not me, brother. Oh, no, yes, don't. You're staying with me. Put on those brakes. It's too late. We're headed right for the cliff. Let me out of here. Let me out. You're going where I go, Nosey. I hope you can swim, because here we go. Oh. Dominican, I hope you are satisfied. Not completely. I'll continue with my investigations elsewhere. Good. And don't forget to pick up the Blue Beetle in my office. Oh, I'll pick him up, all right. It'll sure be a feather in my cap. Well, here we are at my office. You'll tell the DA I'm at his service to testify against the Blue Beetle any time Where, where is the Blue Beetle? Flying right there. Yeah, but he ain't now. And here's my handcuff going right through. This is serious. We've got to catch that thief. Yes, but how? He's a slippery one, that blue beetle. That's your job, Manigan. Better get busy or I'll report you to the commissioner for negligence. No wonder our city is overrun with crooks. What we need is better police protection. Hello? Commissioner Dowley speaking. This is the Blue Beetle, Commissioner. The Blue Beetle? Oh, 
I think I have located your daughter. You have? Where is she? She's being held prisoner at the old sawmill. How do you know? I rescued one of the kidnapped gang from drowning. And the car he was driving went over the cliff at Lover's Leap. He confessed to me. Iron work. I'll have the police on the trail right away. Just a minute, Commissioner. Don't do that, please. Well, what is this, a joke? If it is, I'll have every police officer in the city on your trail. I'll... Oh, wait. Listen to me. Well? There's a chance of rescuing your daughter and apprehending a lot of crooks if this matter is handled right. What do you mean, handled right? Now, first, tell me. Have you received any ransom demands from the kidnappers? No. Not a word of any kind. Have you anything that might be of value to a gang of crooks? No, not that I can think of. Any papers of any sort that might be of value to the wrong people? Only the parole records and recommendations, a list of prospective parolees. Where are they? In my safe here at home. That's the answer. This whole thing ties up with the parole record. What do you mean? The kidnappers are after those papers. Who knows the combination of your safe beside yourself? Only my daughter. That's why they're holding her. To make her divorce the combination of your safe. They plan to steal those papers and blackmail every man that's out on parole or who may be later released on parole. Why, I never heard of such a fantastic plan. I'll call the police commissioner and... Listen, Commissioner Downey. If you do that, you'll scare these rats underground. Well, what do you advise, Blue Beetle? Set no guards around your house at all. Move to a hotel right away. Oh, but I'll leave everything to me, Commissioner. The Blue Beetle will have these cooks rounded up before dawn. <laughs> Miss Downey. We want the combination of your father's safe. I won't tell you. I'm sure you will, Miss Downey. Quinn. Yeah, boy. Start the saw going. Right. Run along, too. You hear that, Miss Downey? Yes, I heard it. What about it? Just imagine yourself bound to a long being run through like a glass box. Why, you fiend. You wouldn't dare to... Yeah. Yeah, boy. Shut off the motor. Give me a hand here, but Miss Downey. Right. You take our feet. I'll take our head. You dare touch me, and I'll scream the whole world down around your ears. You go ahead and scream. No one will hear you out here. We are miles away from civilization in the woods here. Stick out up, Swint. Right. Oh, Jerry! 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 Shake your head, yes or no. All right, that's your last chance. Nobody knows you're here. Nobody knows we're here. Start the sauce, Vince. Oh, hold this, Vince. So, you're ready to talk, Miss Downey. Another foot and it would have been too late. Remove the gags, Vince. Right, boy. There. Now, Miss Downey, the combination. Daryl, left, seven... Right to twelve. Then left twice to eight. And she's fainted, boss. What'll I do with her? Because what they wanted, leave a letter go. She'll squeal. Now, start your song and let's beat it. Right, boss. Hey, hey what's that noise? Blue Beetle. Stop that motor or I'll blast you. What'll I do, boss? Get away from that motor. Oh! That puts you out of the running squint. Now for you, Heinrichs. Where are you? Oh, there you go. Well, I'll get you later. The Blue Beetle's going to nip the whole gang of murderers, kidnappers, and racketeers. Yeah.
Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
Apprehension of thugs who stripped a diamond necklace from her throat just outside the Starlight Club disclosed the fact that the necklace they stole was a fake. But the real necklace is still missing. As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who is really the Blue Beetle, is discussing the case with his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz, the chemist. Danny, this Bannister Jewel robbery is a very interesting case. Yes, it is, Doc. Well, from what you've read of it in the papers, do you believe Mrs. Bannister's social secretary is guilty? Well, the evidence so far is rather convincing. Some of the jewelry was found in the girl's room. But couldn't that have been planted there by the crooks? Yeah, that's possible. Mrs. Bannister doesn't directly accuse her social secretary, Lucy Ridgway, according to this newspaper. But the real necklace is still missing. Yes. Mrs. Bannister claims Lucy Ridgway brought the necklace to her from the safe and fastened it about her neck just before she left for the Starlight Club. That must have been the safe necklace. Yes. But that still doesn't prove anything against Lucy Ridgway. According to Mrs. Bannister, she and the Ridgway girl are the only ones who know the combination of the wall safe. Except Mr. Bannister, who was out west somewhere on business. The uh, diamond necklace was insured for half a million, wasn't it? Yes. Are you, uh, are you going to work on this case, Danny? No, I don't think so, Doc. The Acme Insurance Company has its own investigators, the best in the country. And besides, it's out of the Blue Beetle's line. No unfortunate individuals are involved. Uh, there's the phone. Uh, excuse me, Danny. Hello? Oh, hello, Charlie. Yes. Yes. Yes, he's here. Uh, just a moment. It's for you, Danny. Uh, Charlie Storm of the Sun. Thanks, Doc. Hello, Charlie. Now, what's on your mind? What? Really? Your girl's sister. I didn't know that. What? Yes, sure. Sure, you bet I will, Charlie. Sure, goodbye. Sounds like the Blue Beetle will be sharpening his nippers soon. Yes, Charlie Storm just told me Lucy Ridgway is his girl's sister. And he wants me to see what I can do to help her out of this jam. Well, what are you going to do? Have a talk with the Ridgway girl... Then get Mannigan and drive down to the Bannister place and interview Mrs. Bannister. The commissioner will assign me to the case. I think he'll do that all right. If he doesn't, I'll have to operate entirely as the Blue Beetle. And I'm not ready to do that until I can get certain information. Well, good luck to you, Danny. Thanks, Doc. I'll be back later. I'll have your Blue Beetle chain armor and mask and equipment ready when you need them. That's fine. Well, so long. It looks as if I was going to be up to my neck in diamonds, but they won't be around my neck. Ridgeway, a friend of Charlie Storm. Oh, yes? Charlie asked me to do what I can to help you in this unfortunate case. Now, suppose you tell me what you know about this jewel robbery. Well, all I know is that the night Mrs. Bannister was held up and robbed of what proved to be a Jake diamond necklace, I was awakened by Mrs. Bannister and some police officers and questioned about the disappearance of a diamond necklace. Were you aware of the fact that there were two almost identical necklaces? Yes. Mrs. Bannister told me some time ago her husband had urged her to have a duplicate necklace made of imitation diamonds to wear when she went out in public. She had such a necklace made, and when the necklace was delivered by the jeweler, I put both boxes in the safe. You and Mrs. Bannister were the only ones who knew the combination of that safe. Mr. Bannister also knew it. Ah. Either way, I believe. That's right. Well, now, what can you tell me about Mrs. Bannister's private life that might be helpful in solving this mystery? What has she done recently, and, and with whom has she been associated? Oh, I, 
I'm afraid I couldn't divorce things like that. Now, I assure you, Miss Ridgway, the information will only be used to right any wrong that has been done. Well, Mrs. Bannister has been losing heavily at bridge recently. She, she's been rather more than attentive to Don Ricardo, the orchestra leader at the Starlight Club, since Mr. Bannister has been away. And, and last week she had a long interview with Mr. McCaffrey, a private detective from the Acme Insurance Company. Before the robbery? Yes. Have you any idea what the interview was about? No, but but I noticed she seemed quite thoughtful after he left and a bit more cheerful. As if something had relieved her mind. Hmm, that's very interesting. Oh, please, when can I get out of this horrible place? The disgrace of it, being put into jail like a common thief. No, 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 don't worry, Miss Ridgway. I'm on your side and I'll do what I can for you. But I think that for the present, you're safer in than out of jail. got the commissioner to assign us to this banister case like you asked me to. Now, where do we go from here? We separate at the next corner. What's that? Say, what sort of a game is this? Sorry, Mike, but we've got to work fast in this case. We can get results quicker if we each work on separate leads. That way, we'll still be solving the case together. Okay. Well, what do we do? You run over to the Bannister's townhouse and interview Mrs. Bannister. Well, what do I ask her? Ask her what her interview with McCaffrey of the Acme Insurance Company was about. And also ask her if it's true that she's lost heavily at bridge recently. Well, maybe she'll refuse to answer the question. That doesn't matter. The important thing is to study her reaction to the question. Okay. Well, uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to make some important phone calls. I'll see you later at headquarters. Okay, but... Uh... If Mrs. Bannister throws me out of my ears, I'll take you across me knee and paddle your pants. <laughs> if you can be thrown out of your on your ear by a woman, you're too weak to paddle my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's ready for you, Danny. Oh, thanks, Doc. I'll only take the magic ray and the blue beetle flashlight with me tonight. I've got a lot of ground to cover, and I want to travel light. Uh, where's the blue beetle heading for tonight? The Scaphaven Arms Department. Uh, who's your host? Don Ricardo, the orchestra leader. According to the information I got over the phone from Charlie Storm. Is Ricardo in on this uh, robbery? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Uh, what about this McCaffrey, the insurance company's investigator? Well, there's something fishy about him. I called the office today, but he wasn't in. Did Mannigan get any valuable information out of Mrs. Bannister? Just a Park Avenue manor and a threat of legal action against the city if they sent any more policemen to ask impudent questions. Oh, poor Mannigan. I bet his face was red. <laughs> yes. Well, I've got to be going, Doc. The Carter was just about playing his closing number at the Starlight Club. So long, Doc. Diamonds are trumps, and the Blue Beetle is playing to win. <laughs> Quit playing cards and have another look at the necklace. Well, there it is. Oh, boy, they sure are pretty messy sparklers. Yes. We should realize quite a sum of money on them. Is it not so, Mark? About a hundred grand. Huh? Is that all? Sure. The necklace has to be broken up. The diamonds sold separately. Oh, I see. Well, then there's a part of the insurance your company pays over to the banister, Dame. Hey, Mac? That's right. 
We'll get 20% of that. Well, that's another hundred grand. With my share, I can go home to South America and marry my sweet senorita. Hey, where's the fence? You said he was coming over tonight and make us a bid on these sparklers. Uh, he'll be here in a minute. That's probably him now. Open the door, Ricardo. I'm afraid you're on the wrong track, Blue Beetle. There are no criminals here. Well, what is it you want? I'd like to talk with you alone, Ricardo. Oh, but what about? As you see, we are playing cards. Hmm. Well, why not deal me in? I'll make the fourth at bridge. Uh, we're expecting the other player any minute. And are these the stakes here, this string of glass beads? Mac, he caused them. Diet trigger. Your friend seems to resent my calling these things beads. What, drop that necklace, Blue Beetle? Diet trigger, I said. Uh, you must pardon my friend, Blue Beetle. He's laboring under the impression that those glass beads in that necklace are real diamonds. So I gathered. I must say this necklace is a very good imitation of the famous banister necklace. Ah, that must be your fourth bridge, so I'll be going. I'll talk with you some other time, Ricardo. By the way, gentlemen, if your visitor is by any chance a fence to whom you hope to sell the necklace, I'm sure he'll verify the word of the Blue Beetle. Those diamonds are fates. Were the diamonds in the possession of Ricardo, Mac, and Trigger fakes? And if they were fakes, who has the real diamond necklace? Can the Blue Beetle pick up another clue and locate the missing gems? Or is Lucy Ridgeway an accessory to the real thief? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Patrolman Dan Garrett, who is secretly the Blue Beetle, 
is discussing the case with his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz the chemist. You could have knocked me over with a feather when I picked up that necklace at Ricardo's apartment and discovered it was a fake. <laughs> I can well imagine that makes two fakes. Yes. Uh, what about McCaffrey, Don Ricardo, and Trigger, as you say he was called? I imagine I'll run into them again shortly. Could you arrest them? Only on suspicion. Remember, I caught them with a fake necklace as the Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle can't testify in court. Yeah, that's right. It, it seems a shame. According to this morning's paper, Ricardo was sailing for South America tonight. What? Are you sure? As I remember, it said Don Ricardo, popular Starlight Club office leader, is sailing tonight on the Cristobal for South America. Well, I've got to stop him somehow. Yeah, but how? The ship sails at midnight, doesn't it? I believe so. I've got it. We'll pick him up just as he's sailing and hold him as a material witness in this case. At least it'll give us a little more time to run down the real thief. Won't Ricardo's arrest scare off the others? I'll wait until the last moment before sailing. In the meantime, I've got a busy time ahead of me. Can I help you, Danny? Uh, yes, Doc. You might have your recording equipment hooked up to your telephone. Because if I should call you at any time on my portable wireless telephone, you could record anything I pick up. All right, Danny. Uh, where are you going now? To get the combination of a banister safe from Lucy Ridgeway. I'll be back shortly and pick up the camera and photoelectric equipment. I may catch a thief with a camera. If you think you can double-cross me, Mrs. Bannister, and get away with it, you're mistaken. But you yourself suggested the plan for hiding the necklace so I could collect insurance and pay off my gambling debt. Yes, but the necklace you left in the safe was a fake. A fake? What, what do you mean? Just that. I took that necklace from the safe myself. The fence examined the necklace and declared it a fake. What's a fake? A man who disposes of stolen goods. But you said nothing about disposing of the jewels. You said they were to be hidden for a while until I could raise the money to refund the burglary insurance payment later when the jewels were found. Don't be a fool, Mrs. Bannister. Where could you ever hope to raise money to pay back the insurance? My husband, he would... He would divorce you if he knew the facts in the case. Beg pardon, madam, but there's a police officer outside, a patrolman Garrett, who wishes to speak to you. Wishes to speak to me? What? Well, what shall I do? You must have been waiting some time, madam. I didn't see him coming. Uh, what do you think, Mr. McCaffrey? Oh, see him. It won't do any harm. Oh, very well. Uh, you may show him in, William. Very good, madam. You don't think he overheard anything, do you? No, he's only a cop. Patrolman Dan Garrett. Good evening, Mrs. Bannister. Oh, I, I see you're not alone. Uh, this is Mr. McCaffrey of the Acme Insurance Company. Oh, I... He's as much interested in my missing necklace as I am. I can well imagine. I uh, just wanted to ask you to identify this photograph I have here. Well, that's my husband. And he's standing in front of our wall face. Uh, what's that he has in his hand? It's my necklace. When was the photograph taken off, sir? Late this afternoon by a secret device at your country estate. Then he had the real necklace all the time and is just putting it back in the safe. Perhaps. Well, Mr. McCaffrey, I suppose this will clear up your part in this case. Hello, we'll interview Mr. Bannister later. Yes, yes, of course. Well, I'd better be going. I have a lot of details to attend to. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Bannister. Goodbye, Officer uh, uh, Garrett. I'll be seeing you. Yes, I'm sure of it, Mr. McCaffrey.
heard the Bannister-McCaffrey conversation earlier this evening back? Yes, Danny. It wasn't very loud, but it's intelligible. Good. I had the mouthpiece of the portable wireless phone against the wall while they were talking in the next room. The butler almost caught me. You got enough to make it hot for McCaffrey. Yes, and I'm going to make it hotter yet for him if my hunch is right. But what are you going to do? Well, as they say in bridge, the blue beetle is going to finesse in diamonds. Now, Trigger, you keep watch outside while I go in and rifle the safe. I've still got the combination Mrs. Bannister gave me. Okay, Meg. If you hear anybody coming, give me the hoot owl call. Sure, Mac, I got you. I'll pick up the real necklace this time, and we'll join Ricardo and beat it for Rio on the Cristobal tonight. I've always wanted to go to South America. Well, you're practically on your way. Now, keep your eyes and your ears open. This is the library. There's the wall safe. Now, this is going to be easy. What's that? Yeah, these old houses are certainly spooky. Well, now for the safe. Right to 12. Left, twice to 6. And right to 10. Yeah, that's got it. Somebody come. That's Trigger's call. Well, here's the real necklace, and now to make our getaway. double-crossing insurance investigator? Uh, so you know. Yeah, the blue beetle knows everything. Hand over that necklace. Try and get it. That's just what I intend to do. Trigger! Call your gunman. I'll take him on, too. That's for justice. And that's for Lucy Ridgeway. And that's for law and order. That's for the blue beetle. Uh, he's out cold. Hey, Mac. Come on, let's grab. Hey, come on, get up. The cops will be here any minute. Uh, help me up. Okay. Is that the necklace? Yeah. And it's on the floor. Where is the blue beetle? Over there on the floor. I count them. Yeah, good work. Give me the necklace and let's go. We've just got time enough to make the boat. So long, blue beetle. I'll tell Ricardo you couldn't join us for a hand of bridge. <laughs> Look out, Mac, while I rub him up. Hold it, Trigger. 
That's the use he's got us. We can't get off the ship. A wise decision. Now, let's go up and visit the captain. Uh, just a minute, please. Are these the men, Blue Beetle? Yes. You're Mr. Bannister? I am. These are your men. And here's a photograph I took earlier this evening with my photoelectric camera of McCaffrey here at your wall safe. Oh, that was the click I heard. That's right. Enough evidence to convict you. Now hand over the necklace to Mr. Bannister. Uh, here it is. Are these the real diamonds, Mr. Bannister? Yes, these are genuine. I put them in the safe myself when I got back from the West. I had them in a secret hiding place. I had a duplicate made, and apparently Mrs. Bannister had one made also. Then we'll turn these men over to the captain, who will send them ashore with us under guard in the pilot boat. You can prosecute them. I don't wish to prosecute. I have the real necklace. My wife has confessed, and I have forgiven her. I wish to avoid scandal and forget this case as quickly as possible. Will you see that Lucy Ridgeway is released from jail and her name cleared? It shall be done immediately. And I'll see to it that she will lose nothing by her unfortunate experience. That's great. Well, the Blue Beetle's job is done. You crooks are getting off easy. Take the Blue Beetle's advice and stay away from York City. <laughs> Saved a foolish woman from the consequences of her first misstep and restored the good name of an innocent young girl. The moral of this story is one falsehood leads to many, and one misstep may lead one farther and farther along the path of crime. Further adventures of the Blue Beetle will be presented in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. <laughs> Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!